So John chapter 16, verse 7, it, it expounds, the Amplified Version expounds on a specific word, that word paraclete. It means not only comforter, but it also means helper, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, and standby. So when we look at that word, Jesus said it's essential It's an advantage that I go back to the Father because I'm going to send you the helper. I'm going to send you the paraclete, the one that will come alongside you to help you. He said one interesting thing also because uh, he, he was referring to this. And he said that he is with you and soon he will be in you. At that time, the helper was Jesus himself. He was with them. But he says, there's coming a time where the helper will be in you. That had never happened before. When the Spirit of God came upon men, it would come upon them. And they would do exploits, and then the Spirit of God would just go back. But Jesus was saying, there's coming a time where the helper, the Holy Spirit, will be living in you. And we know that this actually manifested in Acts chapter 2. They were all waiting in the upper room in in unison, in unity. And notice, the Holy Spirit did not start to dwell men until they learned how to live in unity. And this is a problem with many churches today. We're not in unity, not even within the church. We're all doing our own thing. We have our own different thoughts. We have anger. We have bitterness against each other. The Holy Spirit cannot indwell us if we are allowing these attitudes, these mindsets. It's very important that you check yourself. Because if you want to be used by God, the Bible says the Spirit of God can be grieved. So we have to be careful as we partner with Almighty God. We have to allow God to start the beginning the pro- to begin the process of change in our lives. Amen. Understand something. You're, you're, you're in flux. You're, you're in process. And the thing about it, since most of us don't understand process, you don't work with process. But you could partner with process and get better. Amen. You know, let's say, for example, you, you want to start a new, you want to break a habit. You've got to go to a process. It's just the way it is. But if you don't understand process, you'll try it one day and give it up. Well, this thing doesn't work because, you know, I try to stop it, but I start it right again. No, process can be your friend. And the Spirit of God will help us in the processes of life. You know, when you come to, first to Christ, you receive Christ, you still have all your baggage. If you were a potty mouth, you're probably still going to be a potty mouth. You know what I mean by that, right? Every fourth word is a footnote. Right? Every, every fourth word. I mean, some, some, I don't understand some people. They curse so much that the idea doesn't actually get through. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you just can't understand them. Huh? But see, one of the things that God will, will start to enlighten you in is that he starts showing you the power of words. The Bible says there's death in life in the power of the tongue. But it also says faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. There's no way you can derive faith. There's no way you can increase in your faith if the preacher or the one that's speaking to you or the one that's testifying to you is not legible, if, if you can't understand them. So one of the things that God helps you to do, he's, he, he starts by his Holy Spirit showing you the importance of being able to receive the word of God over and over and over again. Because as you hear the word, your faith begins to grow. And by the same way, you, as you start articulating, see, you then start growing. 
If every fourth word is a footnote, I'm not going to grow. I'm going to stay in that same mess. So little by little, I start looking at my words. I start hearing myself. So, you know something? This does not belong to my, to my faith. So you start little by little, letting that word go, letting this word go, letting this attitude go, letting this. Sometimes you got to let some friends go because all they do is drag you down. They're not really your friends. They're your enemies. They just look like a friend. Yeah, there's some people you really have to get away from because they're just going to take you down. And this, you have to discern that. God has to show you. I, don't, I can't tell you which friend you have to leave. There's some people you need to get away from, and there's some people you need to really grab a hold of. Every champion knows that. Every champion knows that he has to have a coach. Why do you think that the people in the Olympics have coaches? Because they know that that's the only way they're going to get better. You've got to hang out with the experts to become the expert. If you're hanging out with a mediocre, whatever that would play out for you, then that's all you're going to be is mediocre. You might become the best mediocre among the mediocre crowd. But you'd still be mediocre. You'd just be really good at being mediocre. Oh, man. Just, you're going to get that Wednesday. <laughs> Something's, something's going to hit you. Oh, that's what he was talking about. <laughs> but we need to really check ourselves. Because otherwise, five years pass by, 10 years, 20 years pass by, and you're in the same place. You didn't change, you didn't grow, you didn't learn something new, you didn't grow in God. There's some, there's some babies in church been there 30 years, 30-year-old babies. Now, I have no problem if, if the five-year-old throws a tantrum. Anybody here? We have no problem with it. We understand that. We say, check yourself. You know, what my mom used to do, or my dad, he used to go like this. And that's it. That's, oh, okay, 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 okay. No, no more tantrum. But I have a problem with a 30-year-old throwing a tantrum. I want it. I want it. Dude, you're 30 years old. Stop it already. Let it go. <laughs> Grow up. Isn't it true? Yeah. See, so there comes a point where we have to make a decision. Say, no, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to hear his word. I'm going to start really checking the stuff I am allowing my mind to experience over and over. Because we all have self-talk. Every single one of us hear our mind, you know, talking to us. The problem is, what are you hearing? Are you allowing God to, to um, give you a new language? Are you allowing God by his Holy Spirit to start to clean some of your thinking? Because some of us have stinking thinking. Really, we, we, we are our own worst enemy. I can't help it. Yes, you can help it, but you need to start the process of change. But it's up to you. God invites you to the table, but you need to come to the table. I got two amens, three malocchios, and four possible threats. Because I'm meddling now, right? (laughs) Well, God will help us in all our issues. We need his help because there are certain things that are very difficult to change. Habits are not easily broken. Patterns are not easily broken. We need the Spirit of God. And then to top it off, many of the habits and patterns we're involved in are demonically infused. So it has a supernatural element to it that you need the help of God to overcome. You know? I don't know if I can say it over. Sometimes it's just a one, once, once over and that's it. Either you get it now or that. Can't. Think about it. Some of the habits and the patterns we have in our families are demonically infused. It's meant to come into your family and destroy you. And we're the ones that have to be the ones that break it. 
I remember when I went to the church at age 15, I, I didn't know anything about the gospel. But little by little, I started learning, and they started showing me these patterns, these iniquitous patterns in families that can carry over from father to son to grandson. And if somebody doesn't, uh, you know, as an act of faith and a willingness to do it with boldness, break this thing, it'll just continue. Some of us, we don't know what we don't know. That, that's deep. You have to think about that really hard. <laughs> Some of us are, are unconscious as to the things that are plaguing us and our families. You've got to really ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, open up my understanding because this, I keep on falling into this mess. My family's fallen into this mess for three, four generations. No, you have the power to break these iniquities patterns. You just need the help and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. We don't know who we are as Christians. We're very powerful. The Holy Spirit in us is God. God in us, the hope of glory. This is the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. We have miraculous dunamis power. Dunamis is the Greek word uh, used in Acts chapter 1-8 for explosive, miraculous, dynamic power. Problem is, we don't use the keys because we don't know we have any keys. And I want to start talking to you about these keys the next couple of weeks because you're very powerful, but you need, you're the sheriff. And you have all the keys. You're the superintendent. You ever seen superintendents walk around? Zing, 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 zing. You know why, right? They got like 50 keys. You know, they walk like this because that, that key bag is so heavy. Zing, 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 you know? But we, in the spirit, we have keys. We have the keys to unlock. We have the keys to loose. We have the keys to bind. We have the keys to set people free. We have the keys of life. Very powerful. We just don't know it because we don't understand the kingdom of God and who we are as ambassadors in Christ. So I just want to share these points with you. You yourself could be aware because you need to start breaking the stuff off of you first. Because in order for you to set others free, you first have to be set free. In order for you to give wisdom to others, you first have to receive the wisdom of God. And the Holy Spirit will help you every step of the way. The first thing about it is the Holy Spirit is God, God himself. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Who created it? God. God created the heavens and the earth. We know that verse. Everyone knows that verse. And it says, the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So from beginning of creation, Holy Spirit is there. And then Job 33, 4 says, the Spirit of God has made me. Well, hold on a second. Didn't it say in Genesis chapter 3 that God was the one that formed man? That God breathed into man? Why is Job then saying that it was the Spirit of God that made Job? Because he's God. You understand? It's, it's, not, it, it, it's, it, it's not in conflict. The Spirit of God is God. You know, some of us call it the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But the reason why we call it a Trinity is, is because it's different manifestations, but it's all God. And God the Holy Spirit knows all things, brings all truth to us. He is Almighty God. And it says, He is with us and lives within us now. See, when Jesus said, He is with you, the Comforter is with you, but He'll live within you. In Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 8, He says, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall receive power. You shall become my witnesses. 
And shortly after that, they were worshiping him. They were praising him in the upper room. And suddenly the Bible says that as a dove, the Holy Spirit uh, came upon them. And, and, and it says that it was like fire on top of all of their heads, 120 present. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. And immediately they started prophesying. They started declaring the works of God. Immediately you saw a shift in a fisherman. You saw a shift in a publican. You saw a shift in a tax collector. You saw a shift in, in, in fishermen and businessmen. Suddenly, they become mighty men of God. They started healing the sick. They started cleansing the leper. They started preaching the word of God. And the people said, we know these guys. They're fishermen. They're regular dudes. Where's this power come from? They didn't understand that it's nothing but God in them. The hope of glory. The promise of Jesus. Jesus said, I'm leaving, but it's advantageous to you that I go. Because if I go, now every one of you get to carry me. Every one of you, wherever you're at, the Holy Spirit will be in you. Not just with you. We all pray, oh God, be with me. No, no, he's doing more than just being with you. He's living and residing within you. Hallelujah. You, I mean, you should get excited about that. You're carrying God wherever you go. Hallelujah. You're carrying his spirit. So he lives in us. And then he's also our comforter. How many times we need to be comforted? Just this week, I needed to be comforted. Just last week, I needed to be comforted. The week before, I needed to be comforted. Last month, needed to be, this morning, needed to be comforted. Yeah, right, amen. So he's our comforter. 1 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our tribulations. So he's not only God, he's the God of comfort. Wow, that's awesome. That during our time of grief, if we connect with him, we will feel the comfort of God. But our problem, once again, is relational since we get, we're caught up with so many things. We have relationship with a lot of stuff, but the stuff can't help us. The stuff can't, can't minister to us. I mean, Facebook really can't comfort me. Why are you laughing? Some of us have more relationship with Facebook than we do with God. Yeah, it is kind of an ouch. Yeah, we, we, we get in there. I mean, we, we're masters. Live. You know, if you're going to go live, give me some substance, please. Yeah, I'm live. I'm here in the room. I know I didn't do my hair yet, but... I'm going, I want to go in there with my hand into Facebook and go, (laughs) come on, give me some substance. Help me out here. We spend a lot of time with that stuff. Yeah, no, some of the stuff that that, that the people put on it just doesn't make sense to me. They're like this with a sandwich. Does it have mayonnaise? I mean, I don't know. What am I, I going to say to that? It means nothing on every level in the universe. <laughs> so, what happened? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Selfies. <laughs> but this is where we're at today. We're not praying. We said we don't have time to pray. But yet you have time to take 5,000 selfies. 
in a day. <laughs> Doesn't make sense to me. We need to connect with Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit will help us. He'll comfort us in our mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very important. And yes, if you want to, let's say, for example, you're upset at somebody and you want to vent on Facebook, it's fine. But make sure you first vent to Holy Spirit. Because Facebook is not Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean that. First, go to him. If you want to talk with your friends, it's fine. Talk. But go to him for comfort. Because you know what will happen is humans will ultimately fail you. Sooner or later. Hanging around with, enough with me. I'll fail you. A lot. Every day. Because I'm not God. But the God of comfort will comfort you. And I've come to this point in my life. I love people. I respect people. I enjoy the fellowship of the brethren. And honestly, in this local church, I have men and women here who I dearly admire and work with and partner with. I give my right and left arm for them. But ultimately, I don't put my full... It's a word. Not trust, because I trust my team. But I don't put my full heart into expecting them to solve all my problems. I go to God, because I know he can. You're not empowered to do so, but God is. Sometimes, God will use men to comfort you. Yes, men and women. Yes. And I'll receive it, because I could see uh, the heart of God through that person. But many times, let's say at three in the morning when you're going through your stuff, what are you going to do? You're going to call me? I ain't picking up that phone at three in the morning. Sorry. Perdóname. No lo voy a hacer. Not going to do it. Not going to happen. But the Holy Spirit is there. You stir him up. Say, Holy Spirit, I have need. And you cry before God. He receives your tears. He receives your pain. He understands your pain. One thing about Almighty God, you know, this mystery of God in the flesh. Jesus was born as a man. He suffered what we suffered. He knows what it is to cry. He knows what it is to get angry. He knows what it is to be disappointed in people. He lived all of it. He was betrayed. He was beat to death, basically. Right? Guess what? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. When you go through your mess, when you go through your pain, when you go through your issues, you go to Jesus. Jesus, I'm going to Jesus. I understand. I went through it also. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. So you can go with confidence to his presence because he will help you. He'll release what you need. See, the Holy Spirit is is so powerful. In the Old Testament, it talks about that God gives us power to acquire wealth. The word power there in its original language means a chameleon-like substance that will conform or become the very thing you need. Wow. So God's power can become that which you need. See, your issue is not my issue. And if you ask me, I might not know what to say to you. I might not have the answer. But Holy Spirit will know, and he'll know what you need, and he'll be able to tailor-make it just for you. Hallelujah. Amen. For those of you that like good clothing to fit you well, right? You, didn't just, you, you just don't go buy stock stuff. You want to go and buy something that fits you well. Right? 
No, it doesn't not just short, medium, you know, some people are, are like bigger here, some people are tall, some people are smaller. But it's good when you get, get something that fits you, right? Yeah. But how awesome it is that when God sends you help, it's the very help you need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is our helper. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. Co- covetousness is you're always desiring more stuff, more and more. Never satisfied. You want his stuff. You want her stuff. You, you want to be just like them. You want, you want to have better. That's covetousness. That's, that's a terrible thing. We need to learn to be content. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's good to desire more. It's good to want to have more. It's good to want to aspire you know, to be better for your family, to be better to you know, make more money, to take care of the bills. It's, that's good. That's not what I'm talking about. But when you're never satisfied, you miss out on the very things that are around you. You need to be grateful for that which you have now because if you're grateful for what you have now, you'll actually be able to see the opportunities around you. When you are not grateful for what you have, the giftings you have, the abilities, you won't see the opportunity because you'll spend all your time complaining. One time, Jesus said to the disciples, he said, there are 5,000 men here, not counting women and children. We need to feed them. The disciples said, "Uh, Jesus, we don't have anything. Uh, To feed a multitude this big, it'll take a year's salary. We don't have that now. uh, So what do you have? You know, Jesus knew what they had all along. But he asked questions to spark interest so you could start looking at things that you did not look for before in your own surroundings. What do you have? So he looked around. They saw a little boy with fish and loaves. I think it was uh, five pieces of fish and two loaves or vice versa. I get it mixed up. But, I mean, that's not enough to feed a multitude. So Jesus said, that's what you have. Bring it to me. So Jesus took it, look, uh, pointed it to heaven and said, thank you. Gratitude. Thank you. And suddenly, out of that posture of gratitude and revelation of what you possess right there, suddenly a miracle started occurring and there was a, multipli- a multiplication that took place. So you ready, guys? Cut a little piece, gave it to this one. Cut a little piece, gave it to that one. He just kept on cutting and it just kept on duplicating. And so the disciples went, what in the world? But they went and they fed the multitude. So when they finished, there were over 12 baskets full of food. You already have more than what you need for all of life. Problem is you're not recognizing nor are grateful for what you possess at this point. Well, if I had this, well, if I had that. No, you have the seed to create that. You have the ideas to create that. Problem is you need to start appreciating who you are, how God made you, and stop trying to be somebody else and stop, trying to want, stop wanting other people's things and understand you have everything in seed form that you need for your future. When God created you, he formed you with the capacity to produce everything that you need in life. The problem is you need to uh, appreciate yourself enough and what you have enough and start to multiply it through training, through wisdom, through the study of the word, through relationship with the Holy Spirit. You're a very amazing person. You're unique. You're not a copy, so you cannot look to others to fulfill who you are. 
You're an original, and you need to go to the one who created you to help you in that process so that you would roll out the way God intended you to be. I dare to say that most people today are living way, be, uh, way underneath their actual potential. And probably somebody in this room right now, you're living underneath your potential because somebody gave you an idea that this is where you're going to go. You, somebody spoke to you limiting words. Uh, you went through circumstances and failures in the past. Well, a failure isn't failure. All it is is a pit stop of training or maybe a way that you shouldn't have done it. So now what you do is you learn from that and move on. Amen. Hallelujah. The only person that's a failure is the one that gives up. Amen. Come on. So yeah, you take your lumps, you, you, you take the pain, and, man, it didn't work out this way. And then you redefine, and you go for it, but you never, ever, ever give up. Amen. Ask Holy Spirit for strength, and then you move on in Jesus' name. Might not work this way, but I'm going to make sure it works that way. I, listen, wisdom is a multifaceted diamond. And the problem is, we want things too quickly. We want things too quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah, don't, don't, don't look around. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you want things too quickly. You don't want to pay the price for it. You want the stuff, but you don't want the process. Yeah, God said, I'm going to use you. I'm going to bless you. Go, yeah, amen, amen. And next week, you're in the fight of your life. Oh, God, didn't you say you could use me? Yeah, now I got to process you. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, you're going to go to a restaurant, and you're going to sit down, and you say, I want, you know, uh, uh, let's say a regular standard thing, a fettuccine Alfredo with, with chicken. <laughs> Sounds good just about now, right? <laughs> and imagine if they come up to you, and they give you the cheese. It hasn't even been, you know, grated yet. And they give you a box, you know, of, of some of that spaghetti, you know. And they give you the spaghetti sauce right there. And they give you a chicken. They say, bah, 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 still right there. You say, what are you, joking here? Huh? And, you know, it's, it's going to get you upset because I want the finished product, right? But, you know, by the time it comes to your plate, or your, rather your plate comes to your desk, it's been through process. And, you know, we don't even think about that anymore. We just expect it. And if it's not, if it's too cold, it's too cold, hey, bring it to me. No, we're very demanding. But we're not the ones doing the work. But in our lives, guess what? We cannot ask other people to prepare the plate. We're the ones that have to do it. Wow. Hey, Victor, that was a great point. Praise God. Wow, man. Yeah. Sometimes I got to stir my own self up. Because you're like, what, what did he say? What did he say? And even worse, some of you are like, huh? <laughs> Think about it. You are a masterpiece in process. When you go to the Philharmonic Hall, Philharmonic, Philharmonic is it? Philharmonic Orchestra, wow, awesome. But before, you, before they start, what do you hear? It's a cacophony of sound. Very disparate. Nothing making sound or make, nothing in agreement. And suddenly, the master comes up. 
they all stop. They all lift up their instruments. And then he goes, and then they all start. And suddenly there's a sweet sound of unity. Everybody doing what they need to do. Amazing. You need to get into that level of unity when Jesus lifts up that, that stick. Hey, now my son, now my daughter, are you ready to make music with me? Are you ready to prepare that masterpiece? We need to say, yes, Lord, let's go for it. Hallelujah. Amen. It's time to make that masterpiece that is you. And you and Holy Spirit can create it, but you need to come into unity. That's the only way we're going to get that sound from heaven right on earth. That's the only way we're going to get that ministry that's in you out, manifest into the natural, where people can eat off of you, that can, the fruit that will come from you, life will come from you, comfort will come from you, praise God, help will come from you. Why? Because you yourself received that help, now you're able to give it to others. Come on somebody, give them some praise. Hallelujah. It also says he's our intercessor, our advocate. My God, you never want to go into court without a lawyer. No, you don't. You don't want to represent yourself. You want a lawyer. I'm telling you, I'm guaranteeing you, if you want peace in life, you will get yourself a lawyer. Because there's a special language that's communicated in court. And if you don't understand the process, if you don't understand the lingo, if you don't know the laws, you'll get beat up. By the time you get out, you will be embarrassed, shamed, angry, upset, and maybe even in jail. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> but Jesus helps us even legally. Because when we go to the court of heaven, the heavenly father who's the just judge, you cannot go to that court with lies. You can't go, God, I didn't do that. Do the same. Not here. You can't con me. I know you. So when the enemy comes in, the prosecuting attorney, he goes to God and he says, this man sinned this, he did that, he did that, this woman did this, 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 that. And the just judge says, you're right. The only one that can help us is Jesus. Hallelujah. He is our advocate. He is our intercessor. And by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will help us in this process. When Jesus goes to the just judge, yes, your honor, all this was done. But that was the old person. He's dead. This man received me. This woman received me. So I forgave her or his sin. And they're a new creation. You know that, Heavenly Father, that that's the process. Anyone that comes to me, we do not cast them out. Anyone that comes to me, we forgive them. We cleanse them. See, God doesn't hide your sin. God doesn't just forgive you. He expunges the sin. It's no longer there. So the enemy has the litany of, of sins and suddenly it just disappears off his hand. He says, oh, hold on a second. That's unfair. Yeah, we have an unfair advantage. We have the best lawyer in the universe. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wouldn't that be awesome that you have the power to make things disappear? You have the ticket and the ticket goes before the judge. Says, yeah, I see you have the ticket there. And suddenly you go, and all the numbers, the license numbers just disappear. Just goes, there's no license numbers here. Oh, forgiven. Wow. Wouldn't that be amazing? Well, guess what? God does like that. He throws our sins to the deep sea of forgetfulness. They're not remembered anymore. 
So the only power that the enemy has over us is try to remind us of something that no longer has any power in the spirit realm. You did this in the past. You did this in the... Oh, no, you're talking about somebody else. That person's dead. I'm a new creation. All things are new. Hallelujah. So he's our advocate. He's also our strength. Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and unto the end of the earth. So right now we're part of the end of the earth. Because we're not in Jerusalem. We're not in Judea. We're not in Samaria. So he was not only talking about them, he was also talking about you and me. The Holy Spirit in us now gives us power for life. There are different types of power. There's physical power. And you know in scripture it shows that when that type of power was needed, God would give power like that. Physical, it's called school in the Greek. This type of power energizes your body. And there are times you're at work, you need a physical, right? Almost like a, you need a, and it's not like the five-hour energy drink. Because you're battling things that, that are life-changing, you know, problems at home, problems at work, personal problems. You need power. And God will give you that type of power. Look what he did for Samson. The Holy Spirit gave him such strength that he was able to carry, a, I think, a one-ton gate. He was able to take care of all of his enemies just with a jawbone of a donkey. The Holy Spirit will give us emotional power when we need it. He'll give us mental power. He'll give us Holy Spirit power or, or spiritual power. Again, it's that chameleon-like substance that will manifest according to our need or according to the need of others that we are ministering to. Praise God. I've heard some amazing testimonies, even this week, of God doing miracles, multiplied miracles all over the world. And the problem is, one time Jesus went into a town, he couldn't do many miracles, the Bible says, because the people had unbelief. And here in the United States, one of the biggest tragedies is that we no longer have faith in God. We have faith in rocks. We have faith in statues. We have faith uh, that some of us are saying that we ourselves are God. Yeah, little by little, our entire nation is trying to push God away from every forum. And that's the saddest thing in the world. Because it takes faith to receive the provision of heaven. And, and in other parts of the world, God is healing people. I'm talking about people, uh, the, the blind, the lepers. God is raising the dead. Uh, God is putting new limbs in, in people. Crazy stuff. Verified. That same God is here. The problem is we limit him because of our lack of faith. And why do we have lack of faith, many of us? is because any time we try to believe, the enemy will try to bring around us people that will try to embarrass us because of our faith. But the devil is a liar. Amen. I don't care what other people think. First and foremost, they're not Jesus and they can't help me. What are they going to do at 3 in the morning when I have a crisis? Are they going to be here? No. I choose to believe God over some person some person that's here today and gone tomorrow. The Bible says at best we're like flowers in the field. We're here today and gone tomorrow. What about all those people in the past generation that criticized God, that said God is dead? Guess what? They're dead now, right? And they know God is alive. The second you open your eyes in eternity, you'll know God is alive. 
The Bible says every knee shall bow before Jesus. Some in blessing, but some it'll be the worst thing they ever experienced. Because that moment when they wake up in the heavenlies and they bow before Jesus says, Oh my God, the precious Lord. He'll appear in all his glory and they'll see him for the first time. The one that they rejected in life, they'll look at him and all they could do is bow their head. They won't be able to see. We're really big and bad here with our excuses and our lies. You know, we're really good. But in the presence of God, your lie is worthless. I'm getting no amens now. That's right. Oh, we're, we're experts at lying. This nation, look at our politicians. They are experts at lying. You ask them a question, they'll tell you a thousand things and never answer the question. Trained and being able to manipulate the wordsmiths. And today's generation, everybody's trying to sue, so you have to be a wordsmith many times. But in heaven, all they could do is bow their head. Say, I'm sorry, I'm guilty. So who do you have here to protect you? Who do you have here to stand on your behalf? Well, I never asked the heavenly advocate. This, well, then you have to pay the penalty. And that will be the saddest moment for those individuals. My God. He is our strength. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14 says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. So say this with me. I receive his strength. Amen. See, receive it because he's giving it. This is why every morning I thank him for new strength. Every morning I thank him for new wisdom, for new understanding. You know why? Because he's sending it out. But not all of us are going to receive it. Wouldn't, it. wouldn't this be crazy that during Christmas time somebody gives you a gift? Oh, I can't, I can't, can't receive it, can't receive it. What are you talking about? It's a gift. No, no, I haven't earned it. I haven't earned it. What are you talking about? It's a gift. No, no, can't. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. You know what they'll think about you? Think about it. And that's what we do to God. God says, here's my Holy Spirit to help you. Oh, no, 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 I haven't, haven't, uh, haven't earned it. Well, I don't believe in these things. I don't believe in these things. You're limiting yourself. God has released so much for us, and yet we limit it. According to the riches of his glory, he wants to give us. And then also, he's always ready to help us. He's our standby. He's the one that is there waiting for us to call upon him. He's the one that helps us with life's unpredictable issues. He's the one that's there all the time. I remember one time uh, somebody was talking about a vision they had and they, they saw angels just standing like this in the room, just standing like that. And they asked us, why, why aren't they doing anything? It's because they get activated when people ask God. They get activated when people pray. They come into being. The Bible says that they are, they, that they help the heirs of salvation. So when we ask God for things, when we ask God to help us, immediately these, these angels get, get, get activated. There are angels that will help us in trouble. They're angel, warring angels. They're angels of healing. They're angels of, of they're, they're warfare angels too. There are financial angels. I don't know if you're aware of this. They'll help mobilize things into place. 
Praise God. Well, if I had more. You don't understand. You have the keys. You have the keys to unlock the different things you need. Financial keys. You have keys of wisdom, keys of healing. You have keys to help other people. Keys of giftings inside of you. If we would only understand this, it would change our life forever. You wouldn't go around and say, oh my God, I just I don't have anything. I just, I'm, I'm just a lowly, you know, I'm, I'm a worm. I'm worse than a worm. I'm, I'm a worm that's on a worm. I, I'm horrible. I'm... Yeah, some, it, it's, a, it's a fake, a, a fake uh, humility. You don't have to walk around, oh, yeah, I'm humble. I'm just humble. I'm so humble. I'm... No, no, no. You, that, that, that's not real humility. Humility is knowing your place. I know who I am. I know who I, know who I am not. I'm not going to try to that, be that person, but I am who God called me to be. And with his help, I will be able to accomplish all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Praise God. I can do with his help. See, that's humility. I'm recognizing I need his help. See? And it's also I'm confident in his ability. And I'm confident that he gave me the tools to be able to do great things. Whichever human being understands that, they do great things. Those buildings you see out there, somebody built them. The bridges, somebody built them. Everything out there, it took a person that was confident and believed in their abilities to get something done. And in your life, some of you are on the threshold of doing some amazing things that God called you to do, but every time you get there, the enemy comes against you because he does not want you productive in life. He does not want you manifesting Jesus in your community, in your city, to your family, in your business, wherever you are. He doesn't want to do that, so he tries to stop you, even in the commencement of the thing, so it'll never manifest, so you won't be that person that God called you to be. Think about it, when Moses was first born, the devil tried to kill him. When Jesus was first, first born, the devil tried to kill him. Why? Because he could get you the beginning. You'll never manifest who you're supposed to be. And therefore, you know, God won't get glory. You don't want the glory of God on earth. He wants chaos. He wants destruction. He wants devastation. And some of you, every time you get to that place, bam, you stop. And you get that same wall. And I'm telling you today that you have the right to obliterate that wall. You could come to that thing in the authority of God. You say, uh, devil, get thee behind me. Whatever is limiting, I break your power right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're duly authorized to do so. You have the authority of God already. You don't have to work that. I got I to work myself up. Ooh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Now I'm ready. No, I nothing to do with that. Does a police officer in the morning get up? Oh, I got I to gotta feel like I'm a police officer. No. The minute you put on the uniform, you've got the authority. Whether or not you even feel it or not. When you're deputized, when you're authorized, just walk in the authority. So we need to learn what the word says about us and just walk that authority. Because God already, Jesus paid the price already for you. You know, you don't have to pay that price. The price you pay is when you get out there, the enemy tries to come against you and you need to stand. That's the price you pay. He, he tries to bring confusion. He tries to bring destruction. But it's, it's, he's, he's really a defeated enemy already. Say to, your, say to your neighbor, he's a defeated foe. He's, a defeated foe. He's already, Jesus already won the battle. He already has the, the keys of death and hell in his hands. He already has the keys of life. He, he, he's already Lord of lords, king of kings. And he says, now I, the same way the Father sent me, now I send you, Jesus said. Hallelujah. So with his help, we'll be able to help to, to, to set other people free. 
But we need that relationship. Say to your neighbor, you need that relationship. There's nothing more important than that. From that, you can derive all the energy you need, all the strength you need, all the confidence you need. Praise God. And more than ever before, we need the help of God. Now, let me just share this, because I know that we're, we're in for, as a nation, we're in for some challenging times. There are some people saying that even as early as this coming week, maybe by Thursday, there are going to be some major issues that will happen in this nation. I don't know if it's true or not, but what I say to you every week, I'll say again. Get your stuff in order. Stop crazy spending. Put some money away. Cash. I'm talking about cash. Because if the bank has, let's say, uh, a holiday, basically, you won't get your money. It's your money, you won't get it. Let me put it this way. Right now, let's say you have $30,000 in the bank, and you decide, your money, right? Let's say you want to go and just take out $10,000 because you want to do a little quick holiday. Do you know they'll report you? Do you know somebody will come and visit you? And they might even take your money. And free... Not according to them. It's not your money anymore. When you have your money in the bank, it's not your money anymore. At any given time, they could take it, they could close it down, they could deny you what you thought was yours. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. <laughs> but what's in the bank? If you take out 10000 right now, there's a certain statute that requires for the bank to report it to the government. There was a, a businessman, a farmer, he did... Uh, I mean, this is actual. In the news, the whole thing. And he, he basically does cash business, his business. So he would um, uh, take out some money, invest in the business, and buy stuff. And so government came to him, took 30000 from him. So he was under investigation because he took large deposits from his own bank account. Show my, uh, my driver's license, my account. I'm me. I am who I am. I am who I am. Right? Well, guess what? They took all the money. Did the investigation, took two to three years, and they say, okay, you, you're not a criminal. All right, give me my money back. Nah, we have to pay uh, for this whole process. My man lost all his money. Yeah. And this is happening all throughout the United States. The only thing, Channel 7 won't tell you this. Yes. So what I'm saying is grandma had to write all along. Put some under the mattress. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, I'm not trying to dissuade you from saying, saving, but I'm saying you should have some emergency funds at home right now. And if you can have some small change of silver, talking about specifically silver, you should have that. Put it aside. Be like um, an ant. Are you insulting me? No. God calls an ant a mighty, crea a mighty creation on earth, mighty creature, right? Why? Because all winter long, they're thinking summer, and they're preparing for summer. All summer long, they're preparing for winter. They're always working and preparing. They always have their stash, and when season comes, they're ready for season. What I'm saying is no matter who gets elected, we're, we're in for uh, challenges. The challenges might show themselves in different ways. It could be an ecological issue. It could be, uh, um, it could be civil unrest, and through civil unrest, other things kick in. Uh, you, well, the government could shut down uh, the whole process and say you got to get in your, in your house by 8 o'clock. So these things are actively uh, potential scenarios. The banks right now, right now, 
the, the governments have lied to us so badly because our economy is based right now on manipulation of money. Our government has been, not government, uh, the feds, they, not, not the feds, the Federal Reserve, which is not the government, it's a private organization. They have been throwing money, billions of dollars, into our economy to prop it up. But it's propped up, not with reality. You understand? Yeah. So, and they're, they keep on saying, okay, it's time to raise up the interest. But they can't because at the minute you even talk about it, the, the, the markets go crazy. Why do the markets go crazy? They should only jump like 10 or 20 points at a time, five points at a time. If it's healthy, that's all do. No, it goes up 300 and down 500. Yeah. It's because it's not healthy. So what am I saying? I'm saying, don't get afraid. Get ready. And have a little stash. Have some dry food stash just in case there's an issue. Uh, what happened two or three years ago? We had a hurricane, right, in our city? Yeah. And what happened? What happened within one day to our supermarkets? Within one day, you couldn't find not even the cockroaches. <laughs> they were all gone, every single one of them. Nothing in there. Especially in the inner city, and you live in the inner city. So what I'm saying is have some dry foods. You know, uh, I said it last week, even some dry milk. I'm not saying drink it. Just have it there, just in case. Huh? Just in case. That, will, that and a little can of Spam, a little bread. I'm good. I ate. Listen, hey. I don't live to eat. Live to eat. I, I eat to live, right. You know, might take a week, might take two weeks till there's a reset. And meanwhile, your family won't suffer, your children won't suffer. You'll be able to help your neighbor. Because most people aren't preparing. They're spending to the oblivion. They're, 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 they're walking around like, you know, Emotep, Emotep. They, they have no idea that things are going on behind the scenes that could create a crisis at any given moment. And I would be derelict in my duties if I didn't warn you at least. Please be aware. Have your eyes opened. Don't let them fool you. Have some food, have a little stash, some cash on the side. If you can put 1000 aside, 2000 you know, 2001. I mean, do something. Put something away. So in case you can't get to, the, to your money for, for three weeks or so, can you pay your rent for at least a month? Can, can, you, can you survive? You know, especially you that have children. The worst thing in the world. And, and watch this. And this is what I hate. People don't prepare. And the minute there's a crisis, who are they going to come to? They're going to come to you. They know you got some stash. So the next thing I want you to say is don't go blabbing your stash. <laughs> Keep that thing private. How you doing? Ah, same old, same old. No problem. <laughs> yeah, because people are funny that way. They don't prepare. And they come here, oh, yo, man, I heard you got some stash in there. Let me get some. I want some of that spam. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is for my wife and children and my grandchildren here. Yeah, the, 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 vir the ten virgins, five were wise, five were unwise. Why were they unwise? They didn't prepare. So when season came, they weren't prepared for season. Joseph prepared. You know, it's interesting because the Spirit of God came upon Joseph. And what does the Spirit of God in Joseph do? All things. Didn't raise him up to be a preacher. He didn't have a church. He was in, yeah, well, he was in bad shape. But when, once he comes next to who? To serve who? Next to Pharaoh. Pharaoh wasn't a godly man. 
But yet that was Joseph's ministry to go next to Pharaoh, this godless man who believed in every single, he believed in Osiris and Cyrus and Myris and Miley Cyrus. He believed in all them things. I'm just saying. All, all these uh, the, the Egyptian gods. and those. Right. But yet God called him to stand next to him and be wisdom. And how did the wisdom manifest? Administrative and financial wisdom. So the same wisdom, the same anointing that has you on Sunday going, it's the same wisdom that help you pay your bills. It's the same wisdom that help you administrate your affairs so you'll always have more than enough, not just for you, but for others also. Praise God. Man, you should have preached this message. You, you, got, you gave me a good point there. Now think about it. The Spirit of God will manifest according to the need of the time or the season. And I'm telling you, we have the wisdom to... See, it's not a matter just to survive. God wants us to thrive during these times. To be a voice of reason, to be a voice of healing, a voice of comfort. Because when these things happen, we're going to need to comfort some people. One one of my ministry friends, um, Pastor Demas, he was here actually Thursday. And right from there, he went down to Charlotte. What is he doing in Charlotte? Literally going to, to... the people that are protesting, he says, how can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? And those that are crying, he just goes up to them, hugs them, and starts crying with them. That's what he's doing. The, the anointing of God in him is being a, a healer in the midst of all this pain. Now, let me ask you this question in closing. What if that happens in New York City? What if it happens in the Bronx? What if it happens in, in Brooklyn, in Manhattan? Well, according to some visions, including uh, uh, David Wilkerson, so far his book is coming out. I mean, one by one, all his prophecies are coming true. He saw fires here in Manhattan and in the Bronx. See? So what do you do? You be one of the answers. When there's a fire, who do you need? Be the fireman. Be the firewoman. Hallelujah. But in order to be that... You have to be connected with Almighty God. You have to be communing with the Holy Spirit. You have to learn to pray in your heavenly language. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come into relationship with Him. If you're not in relationship with Him yet, what are you waiting for? There's smoke in the air. What does, what do you, what does that mean if there's smoke in the air? That there's fire right behind it. There's smoke in the air. We cannot be at ease in Zion at this point. We cannot be at ease right now. Yeah, how's everything? Ah, everything's all right. No problem. Yeah. No, there are problems, many problems. And the greatest solution on earth is a Christian that's filled with the Spirit of God, Amen. who has the wisdom of God, that allows the wisdom of God to flow in their settings. Local churches that would serve, local churches that would be that salt and light in that community. That's the answer today. You know man doesn't have it, have it because we're seeing it on TV. The crises are real. But the answer is also real. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord God, that you're with us by your Holy Spirit. Dear Holy Spirit, thank you for dwelling in us. Open up the eyes of our understanding, I pray today. 
Open up the eyes of the understanding of your people that are here. That they might see how precious, how precious a relationship with you can be, my God. Help us, snap us out of this lethargy. Snap us out, Lord God, of a comfort that can be so damaging and dangerous in these days. It's almost like I'm seeing right now uh, um, a man in a car and he's riding and he's enjoying his music and the car is comfortable, the car is luxurious, but he's so focused on the music and the comfort of his car and that inner atmosphere that he's creating that he doesn't see he's going right into a wall at 80 miles an hour. And that's how some of us are today. We're going 80 miles an hour and we're so comfortable that we don't realize the imminent threat to our futures, to our destinies, to our families, to our communities. So because we feel comfortable, we don't feel any urgency to pray. We don't feel any urgency to ask the Holy Spirit for help. We don't feel any urgency to cry out to our family and neighbors to be reconciled with God. There's just no urgency because we're in a place of comfort. And the Bible says, woe to those who are at ease in Zion. Woe. That's a warning. Woe. Judgment on its way. Because we fail to listen to the heart of God. And the heart of God is grieved. You say, why are, are, are my people not calling out? Not standing on top of the city and shouting out? Why are they not concerned about the situation? The most many of us say is, ay bendito. Oh, I feel so bad for this person. I feel so sad. And then we go our ways. We won't intercede. We won't cry out to God on behalf of the land. We won't intercede on behalf of the land. So today the Lord is saying to you, my son, my daughter, there's no time to be at ease. This is a time where I am moving in and through my people. And I'm bringing life and I'm bringing healing. And this is a time where I'm going to give a word, a a word of deliverance. I'm going to give a word of salvation. I'm I'm going to give a word of restoration in and through them. And and God is saying to his people, I want you to partner with me in this. Because in the midst of the crisis, I'm going to bring healing. And I'm going to use your hands to heal. I'm going to use your mouth to speak truth and to speak healing and to speak restoration. I'm going to use your testimony to bring salvation. I'm going to bring your giftings to the fore so that others might see you and others might hear my word through you. So the Lord is shouting out to his people. He is beseeching his people in this day. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Stand with confidence. Stand with my power. Stand with my spirit. Stand with my way. Stand with my word. Because I'm doing a new thing. And in the midst of darkness, I will bring light. In the midst of crisis, I will bring healing and restoration. 
Hallelujah. And I'm, I'm just hearing in my spirit, I'm about ready to release a new level of power, a new level of confidence, a new level of boldness I'm about to release upon my people. And the one that would receive it, I will work mightily in and through them. I'm about ready to do signs, wonders, and exploits, and miracles. And those that will receive my mantle in this day, those that will receive my word, those that will trust me in this day, I will do great things in and through them. Hallelujah. And I'm hearing uh, that there's a provision that's on its way. So do not fear, the Lord says. Again, I say to you, do not fear. For I will bring provision where there is no provision. Did I not give provision to the widow? Did I not multiply the bread and the fish and the loaves? I will do that once again. My people will see this over and over and over and over again. Do not fear. For I am greater than any crisis. I am greater than any situation. I am greater than any problem. I have overcome. Hallelujah. So rejoice, my people, the Lord says. Rejoice in me. Rejoice in me. Have peace in me. Hallelujah. For I'm about ready to do new things. I'm about ready to do great things in your midst. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give him some praise in this day. Hallelujah. Give him some praise. Hallelujah. God says, I'm awakening mantles in this place. I'm awakening mantles that have been sleeping. I'm about ready to awaken mantles, giftings, anointings that have been sleeping. The enemy has got you to the place where you've been on standby. Well, now I'm going to break that standby mode and I'm going to put you in active mode. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's about to break out big in you. Big through you. Hallelujah. And also, some of the mantles, some of the giftings, they're not going to look like it was 30 years ago. It's going to look different. And it's not going to be a mantle that you're going to primarily use even here. You'll use it in business. You'll use it in industry. Your gifting will go and touch people that they would, that they would never come into a church. And you will pray for people in the business place. You will pray for people, hallelujah, in the workplace. You will pray for people in your business. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Whew. There's an anointing here, people. There's an anointing to change, an anointing to save, an anointing to re redeem, an anointing to deliver. Glory to God. You do not know the level of love God has for you today. And now he's calling you personally. He's calling you out. He's saying, my son, my daughter, I'm calling you out. Come into the fold. Because I have determined that I will be a blessing through you. Do not resist. Do not resist him anymore. This is the time to come to the Lord. This is the time to receive him. This is the time to walk with God as a mighty, mighty giant here on this land. It's time to walk with God confident and bold knowing who is your deliverer knowing who set you free knowing that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world glory to God come on give him some praise give him your best praise in this house because he's worthy he's worthy he's worthy he's worthy hallelujah 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 hallelujah
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Right now, if there's anybody right now that God's been speaking to, and you, you, God spoke to you in your heart, and you know it, this is your time. I want you to come up here. We need to pray for you. We need to activate you. Come on. Hallelujah. Oh, there's no time to waste. No time to waste. No time to waste. Thank you, Lord. 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 Who, who else? Who else is hearing God now? Who else? Who else? God's speaking to me. He's speaking to me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Amen. I'm not going to beg anybody. If you feel this call, you come. If you don't, don't worry about it. You pray for those that are here in the front. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, right now, I loose the anointings and the giftings of those that are here today. Anointings and giftings be loosed. Be activated. Lift up your hands right now. And receive the activation of the Holy Spirit. And some of you need to pray in your heavenly language right now. Father, I pray that you open up the eyes of the understanding that those that never flowed in this, that they don't understand it. But Lord, you by your Holy Spirit make them understand. I bind the spirit of the enemy that has, that has limited them, that has hindered them, any thoughts, any mindsets any issues, any problems in the past, any failures of the past, I bind the power of that thing. I cancel its assignment in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And right now, I loose your authority. I loose your boldness over your people in the name of Jesus. 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 Name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, be loose right now. Anointing of God, authority of God, power of God, grace of God. Right now, Father, thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, glory to God. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we declare it done. We declare it done. Come on, give them praise right now. Say, I receive right now. I receive right now. I receive right now. Hallelujah. It's you and God right now. You and God. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands right now. Lift up your hands in the presence of God. Father, I thank you. Say that with me. Father, I thank you. I receive your giftings. I receive your anointings. I thank you, Lord, that your anointing is loosed in me right now. I thank you that from this moment forward, I'm going to start activating that which you've placed in my life. I trust you, Lord. I will do my part. And I thank you that you'll do your part. Right now, Heavenly Father, I pray, fill your people with your presence, with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, right now, right now, right now, in their hearts, loose your love right now into them. Loose, Lord God, the joy right now. Loose the comfort right now, oh God. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I just loose right now the comfort of God, the joy of the Lord, the peace of God. Right now, right now, right now. Receive it, people. Receive it. 
God is a giver. He's a giver. He gives with love. Receive it right now. There was a woman. There was a woman that she had an issue of blood for 12 years. She was very sick. And she was dying. And she heard that Jesus heals. And she took the word. She says, hold on a second. If I can only touch the hem of his garment, I know that I will be healed. And she went, by the time she got there, there were thousands of people surrounding Jesus. Thousands of people. So it was not possible for her to touch Jesus. Her faith was that if I touch Jesus, I will be healed. But here's the thing. When a person has faith, when faith wells up, they will not take no for an answer. And this is where we got to get, we got to get to that place that I have a no give up faith. That I have a faith that I'm going to get my answer because I know he sent it. So I will receive it. This woman break through the crowd. She pushed through the crowd. She went up. She went down. She broke through until she touched Jesus. And the Bible says the second she touched Jesus, the issue literally stopped. The power of God left the body of Jesus and went into her. He never prayed for her. He never laid hands on her. He said, who touched me? And the disciples said, uh, we're all touching you, Jesus. There's thousands of people around you. Said, no, no. I felt power come out of me. Who touched me? And she said, it was me, Lord. And she was afraid because you don't touch a rabbi as a woman in those days. But yet she dared to trust God. She dared to put her faith in action. And she touched the Holy, she touched the holy One. And power immediately came from him into her. And what I'm saying is God is saying to you, you have the level of faith that it takes, but you have to stir the thing up. And you have to have a dogged, tenacious faith in this day. And you will see signs, wonders, and miracles. Guess what? Jesus turned to her. He said, well, guess what? Your faith has healed you. Hallelujah! And there is... There is faith here that's going to heal you. There is faith here that's going to get its answer. There is faith here that's going to see the miraculous. There is faith here that will see amazing, mighty things. And it's in you. Glory to God. On another occasion, on another occasion, Daniel was praying. Daniel fasted. And he says, I need some wisdom, Lord. But it didn't come. And he fasted seven days. 14 days, 15 days, 17 days, 19 days, 20 days. No answer. He kept on fasting because he knew God. He says, I know there's nothing wrong with God. And I know there's an answer on his way. But I'm going to trust God until I get the answer. The 21st day, a special delivery archangel shows up. Not a regular angel. An archangel shows up and says, Daniel, I was sent the first day. But as I tried to get to you, some demonic host got in the way and I've been fighting for 20 days. And even the angel needed help so some other angels came and helped him and opened up the way so he could go and bring the answer to the man of God. And some of you have been thinking God hasn't heard my prayer. Yes, he heard it. He sent the answer. It's on its way. A delay is not a no. I'm going to say it again. A delay is not a no. A delay is not a no. God will not fail you. This is the day of mighty faith. This is the day of courageous faith. This is the day of confident, bold faith. Say to your neighbor, your faith has made you whole. 
Hallelujah. Come on, give him some praise. That's right. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith will be the answer in the coming days. Be bold. Be strong. Trust in God. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? Glory to God.